Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Spring is my favorite time to start a new workout routine. With the weather warming up, it feels easier to get into the rhythm of things. Whether you have 20 minutes or an hour for a Pilates class or outdoor guided walk, Peloton has everything you need to help you get going. Get a head start on summer with Peloton at OnePeloton.com. Are you serious? Hello, this is How to Kill an Hour. My name is Marcus Bronzy. Thank you in advance for killing some time with us. On today's show, we've actually got an interview with the magician who is called Justin Wilman. Magic for Humans. He does a show on Netflix. We're about to jump into that. But before that, I'm joined by another guest. He's a funny comedian. He's in lockdown. His name is Kay Curd. What's going on, Kay? What's going on, bro? Good to be back. Do you know what? For a second, when you said magician, I was like, oh, this guy. <laughs> <laughs> I was so bad. I was like, he's like, I've got new skills now. I can edit. I can do this and that. Um, so, yeah, now I'm a bit disappointed in one about me. But thanks, bro. Um, it's good to be back. I like the way you've got a green screen of your actual studio there. You know, it makes me feel a little bit more at home. Do you know what's funny, Kay? Some people don't even notice that it's a green screen. I didn't realize some people have either eyesight that is that bad or they just presume that everything they see is real. People have been like, whoa, bro, you're still getting in the studio during lockdown. I I respect that, man. It's looking really good. It's really clean in there, really tidy. And I'm like, you know, it's a green screen. They're like, a green what? I'm like, nothing, bruv. Yeah, it's great being in the studio. Great being in the studio. (laughs) Yeah, no, man. I like the hairdo going on as well. Can you describe to our listeners that can't see the video what's going on with my hair right now? You look like you look like you're going back to the seventies. You're gonna come out of lockdown like proper, ready to 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 come out with a BG song and like tight clothes. It's a little throw. It's like a little Lionel Richie kind of level. Do you know what it, I mean? Like it's at that stage where it doesn't. It's not full throwing. Yeah, it's like it's a puff. It's a little puff throw. Do you know what I mean? A mini throw. You look like eighties black guy. Remember how like in um in Hollywood films that <laughs> family guy like nineties black guy started to become really violent all of a sudden in, in yeah. film. Eighties black guy. I'm eighties black cop. That's what I am. You know, eighties yeah. black cop. That's like oh, I'm sick of this shit. <laughs> that's yeah, what I'm yeah. close to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Like, Smokes uh, a cigarette yeah. inside in the office. The one that's always smoking in his little office, like putting out like his fiftieth cigarette. One, you don't look like the violent one. You look like the friendly one. Yeah, but he's stressed though. He's stressed. He's a cop. His nah, pension. Nah. nah, man, you look like the friendly one that always chirps. <laughs> oh, you look like like they're like where's where's Rogers? Oh, he's he's trying to talk to that girl. Hey, man, Rogers. How many times have I told you? Hey, man, relax. <laughs> That's what you look like. But well, you're the polar opposite, Kay. Oh, bro. Yeah. So I I've learned how to cut hair. I'm do fades and stuff in lockdown. So. And you oh, were doing good fades on yourself, but you decided to go for the zero zero. You locked it all off. No, this is a this is a point five, and that's a zero. So if you okay. see there, it's darker like it fades down. But I'll probably get this at a level three later on. But it's just, do you know what? It's less things to worry about, man. Yeah, I hear that. Like I, and and plus, I was like, I bought all the equipment, and then I was like, why am I paying a barber every week, bruv? Yeah. I thought I've thought about it. I thought about trying to learn, but I just didn't want to go through that learning curve of have terrible haircuts first. And I know that well, everybody that tries it. You're at home. Where yeah. else are you? Where else are you? And on your podcast, you can just put a hat on, bruv, or be like, ah, oh, this week there's no video. Like <laughs> <laughs> Is it not messy though? Isn't it a little bit messy though when you've got friggin' your hair everywhere when you're trimming in the bathroom? 
No, I don't do it in the bathroom. I do it in my room, then I hoover up. What? Okay. All right. I, got, I don't know. I got, I don't... Oh, that was a random purchase as well that I bought. I bought a Dyson. Oi, oi. What did you... Yeah, we were t- before we press record, we were talking about random purchases on, online. So what kind of Dyson did you buy? It's, it's a standing one that like you plug in and whatever. But then everyone online was like, oh, why have you bought a Dyson? You should get a shark. You've, you've got the rookie mistake there, mate. You should have got a shark. And I was like, all right, you twats. And then I bought a shark um, steam cleaner mm-hmm. for the floor. So like for the laminate floors and that, I got that. So then you hoover it all up, then you get the shark steam cleaner. Because you, know, you found yourself cleaning a lot more in lockdown, innit? And then you were like, well, I'm not spending money on food and stuff when I'm going out. So hold on. All, I found a little bit of money at the end of the month now that I can spend on and this stuff. So you were like, fuck it. Like, I might as well buy this. And it's like made life easier rather than getting down on your hands and knees, cleaning the floor or mopping it up. I've, uh, yeah, I don't know. You know what? You've, you, some people are buying sensible things like you. I'm, I'm tend to buy like pap stuff that doesn't really improve my life, but I feel like it does. Like I got a big ice cube tray and I felt really confident. I got big ice. You know, when I make a drink, I'm like, I just need one ice cube in that. Thank you very much. Throw it into the big pint glass. Boosh. I'm like, this drink will stay cold for 45 minutes. You missed that little 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 line I had in there, but so what was it? Go on. Said you put the ice cube in there, and then you go. Today is a good day. Hey, what? come on, man! I work for free on this podcast, bro. Hey, like A one material. Uh, <laughs> I bought a baseball bat, and I bought um, some other stuff as well. But yeah, random purchases. Baseball bat. Yeah, I bought, I bought a baseball bat. I bought a basketball. I bought a football. Um, and, uh, You're really getting into American sports, bro. <laughs> I say this on online as well. I've been so bored recently. I've been watching like Last Chance You on Netflix. Then I watched the All or Nothing series on Amazon, all about American football. Now I know the rules to American football. When the Super Bowl comes round, if you need someone to go over there and cover it, bruv, yeah, come Let's do your it. road trip. How to kill? I will come with you. Now I understand. It. It's like twenty-four hut. Oh, what a play there! Field goal. What is it? Oh, can you explain it to me quickly? Like, can you give me a rundown of what it is? So basically, okay, American football, um, the whole point of it is you've got two teams, the idea, and you've got like end zones in either, either side, right? right? So if you think about the game, like America's foreign policy, it's all about how much land you can, you can, <laughs> <laughs> how much land you can invade, right? <laughs> yeah. That's all essentially that, right? So, you, as your team, you want to go, your, your offensive team goes out first and they try and get the ball into the end zone of the other team and they've got four chances to do it in and each chance is called a down. So, in, like, so yeah, the, the quarterback throws the ball or either runs it and then you have to make at least 10 yards in each down in order to be able to still stay on offense. And if the ball's intercepted or whatever, um, the other team then gets to, to go and attack at the other end and then your defense team comes on so okay. that's why they've got like that's why they'll shout defense defense and then um yeah that's basically it bruv and then like you can kick the ball but you get less points rather than actually getting a touchdown it's all it's easy when you think about it not like that but people just just long out the thing so let me get this right so you have four chances to move to move forward by 10 yards each time yeah. And if you don't move forward in, your, in each kind of play that you have and yeah. you have four chances, you then have to give the ball to the other team and they have their go. Yeah. But if they intercept before that, they yeah. start four chances. Yeah. Is that it? 
Yeah. And I can like, watch this shit now. So, so the quarterback, but there's a lot of stop and starts in it. But like, so like the quarterback is essentially the most important player in the game. And then the def- defense's job is to uh, like tackle the quarterback, which they call sacking the quarterback. So if they sack him, it's like they've, 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 they've got him down before he's been able to throw the ball. Okay. And then you get a lot of land, a lot of land back if you do that. Well, no, they, they have to go to their next try, essentially. Okay. Or like, I mean, sorry, like you, you switch around. Fuck it. Right. There's bit, I mean, there's holes in my knowledge at the moment. But like, okay. <laughs> okay. Have you got a team though? Have you got a team yet? Uh, this is the thing, right? I was thinking about this with American sports, right? So their, their system is, this is why the collegiate system over there is important. So like everybody has like a college team. Right, so their college basketball team or their college football team, and they stay with that team for the rest of their lives because that's where they went. The team's got their own song, blah, 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 blah. Problem why people don't really stay loyal to franchises is because if an owner wants to up and leave, he can pretty much do so. You just fuck off. Yeah, so like the St. Louis, St. Louis Rams moved to LA and now they're called the LA Rams. The San Diego Chargers left and up to um, LA. Now they're called the LA Chargers, sorry. And then, um, like, for example, the Raiders, they went from uh, Oakland to LA, and now they're in Las Vegas. So now they're called the Las Vegas Raiders. So like, hang on, that's like, that's like Arsenal just becoming, um, just, just moving to Newcastle and just calling them Arsenal, Newcastle United or whatever, or like Man City so, just moving to another city. Arsenal, it? It would, it'll be Arsenal. But that's why they've got, like, names... Like it will be like the the Newcastle Gunners, for example. Right, right, right. That's what they'll change them to. Do you see where I'm coming from? It's like, so yeah, it's, it's American sports franchises. They're not loyal in it. So that's why people tend to like follow teams, follow players and stuff rather than yeah. actually. So like, yeah, I mean, like even like the the Nets, for example, New Jersey Nets, they became the Brooklyn Nets once they moved to Brooklyn. So it's like. You that's crazy. That- but that's why college teams, they don't move, innit? So college teams, like your college team is your college team. It will, it will be there forever. But the, right. the, the reason they do that, though, is because like, sometimes they'll probably get like, they can go to a, to a city and be like, say, say I'm in, say me and you, we've bought a team, right? And the team is... I like this line of thought, yeah? This is good, yeah, so, good positive so vibes. Bought, yeah. yeah, say we've bought a team, like we've bought the Chicago Bulls, for instance. 100%, right? yeah. And we've told the mayor, like, listen... Uh, we want we want funding for a new stadium, and they're like, nah. But like over over down in like Minneapolis, they're like, oh, we'll build a stadium for you if you bring the team over here. And we just move the franchise. So like they move. Do you see where I'm coming from? So then yeah. like you end up getting like all sorts. Of, so like with with the the Rams, American like the LA Rams, they bought they've built a fucking big fuck off stadium that's going to be ready at the end of the year, hopefully, and whatnot in LA. So it's, it's, it's literally like they'll go where the money is in it. So mm. you, and, and then the, te- the teams, cause it's like, there's always 20 teams in the league. There's no relegation or whatever. So they've, they've got the business element down for it. Like it's a good, it sounds like a good business. And this is probably why there's so much money in NFL. Cause one thing I have been reading, you're probably more across this is, isn't it? There's been like a cat, like a bro- record broken for one of the highest paid sports yeah, players ever. Pat Mahomes, yeah, he's got he's got like fucking four over. No, it's, yeah, it's a shit ton of money, bro. Yeah, five hundred mil or something over the next ten years. They've broken it down. He's earning a dollar every second or something stupid but like that. With American sports, like it's weirdly socialist in their in the 
in the way that they behave. Yeah. In, in terms of like the league structure and whatever. So like there's salary caps. There's like there's like a draft, and yeah. you get draft picks. So like the shitter you were the last season, the more draft picks you get. I like that though. The better draft picks you get. So the idea is that that's why like when people do three peats, it's so it's so fucking impressive because it's like how you get to keep a team together with like keeping the wage structure intact and keeping like um like like there's all sorts of different elements to it. But yeah, it's like cause because you can essentially lose out on on players and new mm. players. You can't just go and buy Ronaldo, for example. I hear that. You so that could go even deeper. Like this is oh hey, well, how to kill now a sports cast. But I've heard then about the draft system. This has brought back so much that there are teams that will make a strategic decision to pick a slightly weaker player or maybe even lose a couple of games at the end of a season because they know it will give them yeah. a, a bigger advantage for the next season. Yeah, yeah. It's weird, isn't it? Like but, but then and then there's people that will like trades different picks they're like we'll give you two second round picks if you give us your first round pick so say a team Uh, wants four players right like they need players in two different positions rather than going for they're like well they probably want a quarterback and a quarterback's like fucking excellent so they're like we're gonna get him but we need him in the first round because he's like sought after so can we have your it's so like political that's why the draft gets televised i used to be like why are people like watching the draft like who gives a shit? Like, How but shit does it make our little tombolas that we have for our team selections for football? It's like... Yeah, but also, like, with, with football, it's so much more like... I, I, think, I think there's an element of the American system which creates better, well-rounded people. Mm. Because what happens is you can't get a scholarship unless your grades are, are a certain level. And then even when you're in college, like uni or whatever, your grades have to be at a certain level to maintain a playing career. I like that. The idea behind it is you have to, and they give them support and whatever, because the idea behind it is like, you may not make the NFL, so you need to have a good education in place and we need to make you a well-rounded individual as opposed to just some some guy that can play Mm. football. you get like a lot of footballers that probably if they get injured, what the fuck are they doing? They don't have a degree. They don't have a mm, whole bunch. Mm. Of so, I mean, you know, it's, 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 it's certainly different. But then again, like you see, you see there, there's so much money in college football and stuff now. It's mad. I didn't realise all of it, but this is what lockdown has taught me. <laughs> you you know, they said, pick up a new skill, learn something new, learn a language. You've learned the language of NFL, bruv. I've, do you know what? I've learned a bunch of stuff. I've learned how to like video editing tech. Do you know what? I was actually saying this to someone the other day. I might go on Fiverr and just sell my skills while comedy. <laughs> <laughs> what, what, is, what is the comedy what landscape like at the moment? Because I've, we've seen some really interesting um, things come out of this, which I'll get into in a sec. But what's, what's the general vibe in the comedy circuit at the moment? It doesn't exist. Oh, wow. <laughs> no circuit doesn't exist anymore. Is it like uh, that meme? Is it like the meme where there's the fire going on in the background? The dog's like, everything's fine. Is it like that? Absolutely. Yeah, nothing is anymore. People are trying to do online Zoom gigs, which I think, are, I think aren't for me. They're not for me, let me just say that. Um, um, yeah, people are trying that, but I'm not, I'm not bothering with those. Um, and I think, I think, I think there's, there's an element to it which has been very positive in terms of, it has shown people that you cannot 
neglect the online world just because you feel like you're superior to it, right? Um, it, it, I think I think British comics were very similar to New York comic comics in the sense where we could just make a living or out of gigging, and we thought, well, not me, but like a, the the a lot of the um, comedy circuit just thought they could do that. Whereas it's in stark contrast to people like Joe Rogan who were on the LA scene, and comics there had to sort of because they couldn't make a living just out of comedy alone, they found different ways in order to. Uh, make a living so whether it be podcast or web series or writing or whatever it was they were like they had to diversify their skill set in order to make a living and I think what the pandemic's done is it's forced a lot of comics to have that sort of mindset where it's like shit I've, I'm only on stage and they're checking their online presence they've absolutely got none it's like they, they don't have any subscribers to anything they don't have a podcast and, it, and they're just trying to work everything out now and I think it's it sort of helped people understand that, okay, wow, I need to be on. And I think there was an arrogance amongst many where they just thought, oh, online's for a bunch of kids or whatever. Now they're seeing, well, oh, wow, actually, I can actually garner an audience here and I actually can do this. And, it, and it's so stupid when people think, if you're using your phone, then there are people your age or people, your audience, technically, using the same sort of technology. So why don't you make yourself easy to find for them? Mm. Um, so yeah, I think it's been good in that respect um, because it will, it will change the way I think things are done going forward. But I think uh, a lot of venues probably aren't going to open. I think there's a lot of people probably can't afford to come back. Um, yeah, just, I mean, I mean, but I'm not one of those people who are going to be like, oh my God, we're not allowed to perform comedy. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> it's like, as, as far as like problems go, like, you know, like there's people that have lost family members. There's people that have like lost their jobs and not that we haven't lost our jobs, but like, like, come on, man, there's people that are on the breadline. Like a lot of people mo- and fucking, you know, get a job working Tesco's. I know a lot of comics that have gone, to, gone back into employment. So nothing wrong with that. Nothing wrong with that at all. You do what you do to keep that roof over your head. Exactly. And, um, yeah. And I think, you know, obviously as a country, we're kind of looking at, after this corona thing the next big thing i don't really want to whisper it too loud but the recession the recession that's going to hit us is going to be something that means that there's going to be a, two things that we're kind of trying to recover from at the same time it's going to and be very Bionic interesting is back. oh lovely isn't that a fucking great one Bionic 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 oh, no. oh, plague in china so. jesus christ all right all right well enjoying the lockdown i mean look before we get on to something it's quite interesting that you spoke about kind of live shows which is going to link into what i'm just about to talk about but it's interesting like you said that people like yourself you've always kind of made sure you've had an online presence so you do your life did your life stuff but you've also provided some content for people that are online whether it's a clip of your live show whether it's a skit for your live show whether it's tiktok you're always experimenting and testing and i think my my special on youtube here bro yeah and exactly now and now loads of comics are doing it, which is fucking fantastic. Because yeah, it's, it's like, great. It showed that, listen, man, like you can, you can, you can garner an audience just putting your stuff out there on YouTube. Yeah. You don't need to wait for a TV company yeah. to go. Yeah, well, maybe we'll take half an hour of that. Yeah, yeah, yeah uh, exactly, exactly. Put it at this venue with yeah. this audience. It's, like, it's not my audience. And, and you did a bit. You did a bit too much of that Black Lives Matter stuff. I mean, it's great. It's great. Black Lives Matter is great. But can we just, if there was like a percentage that we could bring it down to, how would you feel about going down to like a four percent? It was a bit sweary. Just like, <laughs> yes, yes, yes. 
<laughs> all of that stuff. But yeah, like I've always, yeah. I've always been one to, to like promote doing that. That's why I thought it was very important to, to put my stuff online. And, and lo and behold, people are starting to see the benefits of it now. Well, I always say to people that want to go online that are kind of used to this old system of kind of using a big platform like the BBC, your Channel 4, your big networks, which there's no problem with even Netflix as well. Um, that's great, but you can be at, at risk of losing a bit of your editorial control. And that's what makes you, you. Do you know what I mean? I think the best thing about watching your comedy, Kate, is that you're like that in real life. It's like I'm talking to you. It's not like you've been kind of cleaned up and, and oh, cleaned up is the wrong word. It's not like you've been sanitized. Yeah. And then she said, I yeah. can't stand that shit. Yeah. Exactly, exactly. And you're like, frigging hell, sugar. And I'm like, no, you wanted to say shit there. You, like, if you want to say shit, you say shit. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? So um, that's interesting. And another geezer who, um, he done a lot of improv comedy and he was a stand-up, uh, uh, Bilal Zafar, Zafar Cakes he's known as. Um, yeah, yeah. He literally just threw on Twitch and he was like, all right, I want to do live streaming, but I don't know what I want to do. And he's like, you know what? I like playing Pez. His PC, and he, he, he says this, was so old that it couldn't handle the new Pez. So he's playing Pez 5 from 15 years ago, putting on a suit and a tie and just pretending to be a manager, having fun with it. And he's got a really good trajectory off that as well. And I think it's a combination of being yourself and having fun with it. And I reckon well, well, if he tried to pitch like that idea out. to his agent, his agent would have gone... Hmm, I don't, mate. Mm, well, I mean, yeah. it's a lot of people that don't really understand the online world. So, exactly. Bilal's found, because a lot of Bilal's comedy, like his Edinburgh shows, were him with a whiteboard. Not a whiteboard, sorry, a projector, and he's showing people what was going on. So, yeah. he's sort of taken his strengths and brought it to the online world. So, he's like, I'm very good at, like, doing this, so why don't I, I do this on the online world? And he's, he's, he's funny, man. The idea that the footballers are... A drunk when they're coming into training or whatever, and he's like, yeah. or like, you know, he's trying to organize a comedy night for the for the team and stuff. It's hilarious. Like, yeah, what he's doing. yeah. I think he found his niche, which is great, and that's and I think that's the hardest thing for people to understand. I mean, it's like a lot of people start YouTube, and they they're just like, yeah, I'm going to start a YouTube channel, but they don't have a niche. Having been in lockdown, the amount of like channels I've seen and I'm like jeez this is fucking sick and all they do is like there'll be videos where all they do is like review camera lenses yeah. and like teach yeah. you how to shoot and stuff and that's their whole channel and they've got a video about literally every question you've got to ask and it and and it's so so good it's better than the fitness YouTubers who, who try, try and do like lives every morning fuck off no 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 no, no. not that <laughs> fitness YouTubers right They'll be like, they'll make a video one year saying how to build your chest. The next year is like, okay, um, how to grow your chest. <laughs> <laughs> and a year after it will be like, how to make size on your chest. <laughs> it's just the same exercises repackaged in a different video. But yeah, like, as yeah. you find your niche and see what you're good at, it's great. Like somebody like Andrew Schultz, the American comedian, he's, he's fucking smashed it. He's found a, he gets he's, he gets like forty k off Patreon a month. Nice, nice, and that's yeah. all his own editorial. That's good, man. He's really grown over the years, man. I think I, I listened to him when he was started Brilliant Idiots with Charlemagne. That's how yeah. I was first introduced to him, and I think he's definitely used that to springboard off and start his own thing because I think he was very aware that. Um, things are just changing all the time. And as a comedian, you could hear early on, he was very frustrated with the current state of affairs. And it was when he took things into his own hands and controlled his own editorial. He was really, really happy with that, man. Like, you could just see he's happier. And then he, he genuinely became more successful off the back of that. Well, so yeah. I think one of the best moments is once you stop giving a fuck. 
I think once you stop giving a f- like and just go oh, fuck this and just do it like yeah it's the best thing and bro it even happened with me with the Trek culture stuff so like you know off my Instagram I've been watching Star Trek for the last few years and every time somebody would kiss or something funny would happen or someone would have sex with somebody green I'd like put it on my Instagram stories and crack jokes about it and then that ended up turning me into the guy that's one of the ones that's heading Trek culture which is this new YouTube channel part of the what culture arm do you know what I mean I literally that came off me just watching Star Trek you need to get Ori on that. He, he does do it. Ori does do it. Ori does do it. Ori, Ori is one of the guys that was like, you know what, Marcus, what culture and, and you could really do something together. So when the conversation happened with what culture, um, I was like, Trek is what I'm into. So Ori is do, actually doing the Trek stuff as well. So yeah, that's sick, man. Yeah, you two, yeah, you two are the only black Star Wars fans I know. I mean, and Star Trek fans I know, sorry. So. <laughs> Amy, Worf was a Star Trek fan as well. He was a Klingon as well. He was a, a fan of the show too. That's three of them. And Geordie LaForge. There you go. You don't know who I'm talking about, do you? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> you two are the only ones I know. <laughs> do you know what? There's, there's enough Star Trek fans out there, man. They're all, do you know what it is? They're hiding amongst they're, they're us. Under, they're, 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 they're undercover. Like they're, they're on the download. They don't want yeah. people to yeah, <laughs> I was on a Zoom call the other day with a, a radio producer and he was just like, what, you like Star Trek, don't you? Yeah, yeah. He took out books and comics and showed them to me, like official books and comics. I've been reading bad for years. Uh, anyway, so um, one of the things that we, we're kind of missing at the moment is live shows. Um, yeah. And there's a big live show called Hamilton that's been doing around for the last few years. And yeah. it's now had a recording and a release on Disney+. Plus. So for those of you that can't experience it, Sorry? It's very popular live as well. Like trying to get tickets yeah. is mad. The only when you got I tickets, knew- what was your experience? Yeah, I was going to ask you when you went to see oh, it live. Oh, oh, the only reason I knew this pandemic was serious is like a few, I think it was in March and I looked at tickets and there were tickets available for the next day. Wow. For Hamilton, and I was like, we're fucked. We're done. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> for tomorrow, for Hamilton. I was like, this never happens. There's obviously people returning or whatever. Like, so, that's when I knew the severity of the pandemic. Um, and when I, got, when I got tickets for Hamilton, it was like really, I was really excited because I was like, oh my God, people were like, people were banging on about it and whatever. And then um, I went there and it was one of the best things I've ever seen, man. Honestly, one of the best things I've ever seen. And it made me like go and research American history and stuff afterwards. But um, now that it's on Disney Plus, um, I get the same feeling as I do from watching stand-up when I watch it on Disney Plus that I do from, from well, like watching it on Hamilton. I get the same feeling as I do when I watch stand-up. Like it doesn't, it, it, it's not the same. Nah, it's not. You can't, you can't, we're, look, we're not going to lie to you and try and tell you that you're going to watch something on TV and it's going to be better than the live experience. Yeah, that's, that's honest. And I think that's genuine. If we were to stand here and say, oh, but you know what? It's even better when you're not in the room. That's a fucking lie. Yeah. They should have they should have animated it. Do you reckon? They should have animated it. I would like if they were actually at the battle and all of that sort of stuff, like when you're watching it and it's just like Yeah. One, two, three, four, five, <laughs> seven, eight, nine, ten. What is the premise of Hamilton? We've kind of scraped it, but if you were to give it a kind of blurb, what would you say Hamilton it's is? It's about the life and times of Alexander Hamilton and He's, he's one of the founding fathers of the United States of America. Yes. Um, and it's, li- yeah, it's literally about that. And it's told through the medium of song and dance. But the, the music is slightly... Hippity-hoppity. Nice. <laughs> yeah, slightly <laughs> hippity-hop. And still yeah. with a bit of R&B and whatever. 
but like very loosely. And um, they, they say it's, it's the story of America then told by America now, which is why they have like um, black and Latino actors, Latino, Latino, whatever actors playing, um, playing the, the, uh, the, uh, the actors. Yeah, I mean the, the parts. playing the characters. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's 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 quite a journey, and I didn't realize that it was such a big show as well. Like when I slept on Disney Plus, I was like, "Yeah, man, I'll park up a couple of hours for this." I was like, "Rah, okay, two hours and forty minutes. All right, I better uh, tell people that I've got plans for the rest of the evening." So it's a big show, man. It's it's and it's like they really watching it live. Yeah, you're like you're engrossed in it. I think yeah. when you're, when you're watching it on Disney Plus, your phone's still next to you, and whatever it's it's not quite the same when you're actually there and you're hearing everything and you're seeing the spit come from the actor's mouths. Mm. It's a different experience, man. And you're getting sprayed by their spit. When their spit hits you in the face, you're like, yeah, yes. And, yeah, man. <laughs> it's, it, it's, listen, man, it's a great musical, isn't it? And it's like, did, I, I, it's, you know how like Greece was turned into a film? Yeah. But yeah. Greece, in but Greece in the musical is different because in Greece they were actually on live sets. So you mean if they were to just film Greece in a in a in a theater? You're, so you're saying you right? So you're saying let me get this right. You like Hamilton live? You think it's it's good on Disney Plus? But you're saying there's room for a live action film when we're out of lockdown, or if we're yeah. not, an animation so we can actually yeah. be in these places and see it happen. Yeah, like if you're gonna put it on film, it's better like that because otherwise. What, what, like, why is the Lion King animated when you can just turn it into a theater? Yeah, like, yeah, the theater. Like, it's not the same, man. Like, if you were to watch Lion King the theater show, the musical on video, mm. what was this shit? <laughs> <laughs> Even though, like, when I watched Lion King, I was fucking blown away by it. Like, yes, yeah. um, yeah. But it's, it's the yeah. best we can do now is watch it on Disney Plus. <laughs> <laughs> the best you can get, bruv. So, by the way, I'm proper disappointed with Disney Plus, you know. Really? Go on. Yeah, I just like there's all these vi- people are like, oh my god, the amount of films on it, and you look at the films and you're like, hey, you know what? I don't want to watch nothing from '75, bruv. Like, like. <laughs> I, I've been watching X Men. I can't lie, bruv. X Men was dope. I can't lie. I got oh, stuck into X Men. Things, right? Like they're great, but you know, there's elements of it where you're like, is this actually good or is it nostalgia? It's nostalgia and Wolverine, isn't it? That's what it is. Nostalgia and Wolverine, 100%. Yeah, there you go. A lot of it is nostalgia. So then you're watching this and you're like, this is actually garbage, bro. What was I doing watching this, bro? I, tr- I got like through 10 minutes of Pocahontas. I was like, this is trash, bro. Yeah, and but... <laughs> when I was younger, I was like, oh my, this is great, bro. Like, this is yeah. sick. And like, I, I tell a lie, though. There was a few... I like the Pixar stuff. I like the Pixar stuff. I like watching... Um, like uh, Wally and stuff like that, yeah. Yeah, like Wally. I watched Bolt. Bolt isn't Pixar though, but um, yeah, there was a few things on there. I was like, mm, yeah, I can, I can watch this. But I, mm-hmm. I've seen the Marvel stuff and whatever. But you know what I like? I like Now TV. But yeah, that's a different story. Yeah, well, I suggest the Mandalorian to you on Disney Plus, though, bro. That's dope. Even if you don't like Star Wars. Star Wars, yeah, and I'm not into that, man. I've only ever watched one Star Wars. Film. Which one did you watch? Episode one. Bad idea. Bruv, that's the literally out of all of them, that is the one that, that is everybody but eye was, rolls at. Yeah, but I was like, how I was I was a kid as well. It was when it yeah. came out of cinemas and I watched that in cinemas and I was like, this is yeah, I can't get to 
Darth Maul, is that his name? Darth Maul, voiced by Peter Serafinowicz. He's a Londoner, mad. He was mad my favourite character, though. I, I like the baddie. I was like, I'd love to Darth play him. Darth Maul, yeah, sick. I'm playing the villains, man. I wanted to play the villains, man. Any casting directors that listen to this, make me a villain, man. I'd be well up for seeing you a villain. I'd, I'd like you to be like a, a mafia crime lord. That's what I'd like you to be. I'd like you to be the crime lord that looks, that dresses in a nice suit, but doesn't, doesn't, like, doesn't mind getting involved. So if there's like a torture scene, he comes along and he does a little bit more than the guy that's doing the torturing would do. Like having a, cig- having a cigar cutter on you and you're smoking a cigar and you go up to them and like cut off the tip of their nose. That's like, um, you know, Sebastian Maniscalco, he's a comedian. Yeah. Uh, he was in, what's that long, he was in The Irishman. Yeah, was in the Green Book. He's 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 a flipping hilarious comedian, and he's great at acting. He does those Italian roles. He's like, hey, buddy, hey, 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 hey. Of course, yeah. What are you talking about, huh? Hey, Handle it. Listen, I got something for you right here. Okay. Anyway. Anyway, bro. <laughs> Thanks for having a chat with us about Hamilton and how much you uh, don't like well, I think it. We to be did honest. 30 seconds of Hamilton and the rest was just cat. <laughs> nah, we got to catch up though. What, before we go, what are you streaming at the moment? Before we go, what are you actually watching and enjoying? Uh, do you know what? Um, I just watched Michaela Cole's I May Destroy You mm-hmm. on the iPlayer, which is it's great. But it also reminded me why it's important that HBO produce stuff. <laughs> Because they, they rarely get it wrong, man. HBO, yeah, they rarely yeah. get it wrong. And I think there was a great conversation surrounding ownership with that whole, with the way that was created. She was, she turned down Netflix's deal because of, um, yeah, she, she wouldn't retain the ownership of, 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 the, of the whole series, which is, which is a great thing for creatives to, to understand. And I hope we see more of that. I mean, of course, 100%. I need money, but. You know, yeah, but there's a nice happy medium you can get with that. Lease out your IP for the year, two years. Get it back. Never sell it, man. Don't have to buy back your masters. Like, hundred percent agree with you, man. All right, cool. I'll check that out, man. Yeah, and um, also if you're like, like I said, yeah, watch All or Nothing in it. That whole American football series is it, it. Yeah, you start. It's it's. I don't know. It's easy watching. That's what I'd say. It is easy. Last Chance You was great. Um, Dude, I've watched so many things, but I can't get really in, I can't really get into series. Really? You know? really? So that that Netflix one is that not a series? Uh, the the NFL one is that not a series? Yeah, but I'm talking about like anything with like a narrative and like characters that. <laughs> do you know what I mean? Like, it requires you to engage it. <laughs> yeah, like, like people were telling me to watch Money Heist. I got bored. I tried watching a while. I got season two, and I was like, "This, what's this? What's it? Shipyards and stuff? No." <laughs> Really, like there's there's lots of th- I think with lockdown because you're just at home all the time. Anything that's too taxing on you, you're like, oh man, I can't like go away, man. Like let me mm-hmm. just, yeah. I've been watching yeah. Dark, which is about time travel, and it's a great yeah. show. But I've had to put. You think it's crap, bruv? It's a I love it, but it's yeah, time traveling. Oh, it's right on my street. Time traveling sci-fi, but. It is such a complex timeline. Multiple times in every episode, I have to stop and like Google one of the guides to understand the character because the time travel movement in it is so ridiculous that if you don't keep on top of what's going on, you can just lose yourself within half an episode. You have to engage that show. So after watching that, I need something that is just like junk food. 
for my mind. I need something like The Floor is Lava on Netflix I've been seeing, like shows like that, where it's just oh, people I'm running around. The games of The Rock. What was that like? <laughs> just Americanized, like, do you know what I mean? It's just like, oh my God, it's the Titan Games and we've got, like, they love a sob story, innit? Like, oh, why are you here? Because I broke my nail when I was like, filing papers at work and this is like my one opportunity to get back shut man but like that kind of stuff in it but it was yeah. it's just good like you're watching it I like yeah the titan games yeah you yeah. see screen you screen shared yeah oh, um, right. I, I just put the titan games up to show you actually i put the logo up yeah yeah it's just but you look at it and you're like what is this and then um i was watching it with my brother and we were just taking a mick out of people that were on it and whatever and uh, and it was quite funny but yeah yeah jokes all right man right titan games i will check that out all right bruv well thank you very much for killing some time with us bruv it's good to have a little catch up with you man um we need to send you some bits over and then we can uh, have a little talk about some some tech that you've had your hands on let's do um, it let's do, do it. it let's do it but um right time for us to step into our justin wilman magic for humans interview actually before that where should we find you online bro Everywhere, K Kurd, K A E K U R D, um, everywhere on YouTube. On, on, listen, I've got accounts on Twitch and TikTok and all of these just so nobody would take my name. So, standard, it's at K A E K U R D on everything. You search it, I'm there. Definitely, we'll put a link in the show description as well. Anyway, time for us to step into our Justin Wilman interview where we had to talk about his new show, Magic for Humans, on Netflix. Josh. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply, if rated PG. So this is How to Kill an Hour. My name is Marcus Bronzy. Thanks in advance for killing some time with us. On today's show, I'm going to be joined by a guest who's born in St. Louis, Missouri, but now lives in Los Angeles, and he doesn't own a rabbit. Why is that important? Well, it's because I'm being joined by magician Justin Wilman. How you doing, man? I'm doing good. How are you? I'm good, thank you very much. Uh, you're in LA I did right own now. a rabbit. I used to own a rabbit in my teens. Really? Poor rabbits. I went through a lot of rabbits. Happily don't own a rabbit anymore. But I own a child, so that's high, much more maintenance. Was it like practice then, having a rabbit? Do you pull your child out of things? Oh, I do. I do, actually. 
He, yeah. But yeah, but you can't just put him in a coop and throw some food in there and leave for a couple of days. Nah, you can't do I that. I mean, man. you could, you could. But, but I, for the I record, wouldn't be, talk, wouldn't be able to talk about it like I am right here. Yeah. Yes, yes. I mean, this isn't a comedy podcast, mm. so we can't call it satire. But you know, wink, wink, nudge, nudge. You know what? Bring up kids how you want to bring them up, man. Exactly. <laughs> um. So it's nine a.m. right now in LA, man. How how is it, it is. out there? Good morning to me. I mean, how is it? Um. I know this is probably going to air uh, a bit after we're recording it, of course. But you know, it's a little tense in LA right now. Yeah, man. It's a little tense, <clears throat> you know. Uh, one, uh, we, we're on the the hopefully the end of one pandemic, and a whole another, you know, um, serious crisis is bubbling up again. And yeah, makes you want to reconsider living in America some days. Well, it's it's one of those conversations that that we kind of crack jokes about here in England, like you know, oh my gosh, you know, if I lived over there, it'd be sunshine, but also, you know, there's some crazy stuff going on. But I think what's happened now with the internet nowadays means that we kind of feel what's happening across the world, and and we feel like yeah. we're kind of with you on this one. Do you know what I mean? Like, so over here in the mean. UK, uh, there's been, a, I mean, you know, a good few of our presenters have been very vocal about you know Black Lives Matter, and 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 I'll be honest with you. I ha- over, increasing over the last few years, it doesn't feel like stuff's happening over there. It feels like it's happening on a worldwide stage. And, you know, Isn't that good, weird? It is, right? But, you know, there's, there's good things about that as well. You know, for, for, for instance, the internet, the fact that, you know, we have things like Netflix, like we're going to jump into talking about your show today, the fact that we can kind of experience it and be with you. And it's not so much he's a magician from over there. I feel like, you know, you're, you're one of ours as well now, man. It's um, like, yeah, I'm in, your, I'm in your living room. But it's, it's interesting that, you, you know, I think you're able to watch it from, uh, from over, from across the pond with a little bit of perspective. And it feels like most people here, they just are too stuck in it to see the, 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 the full picture. And uh, um, it's, very, it's very difficult when you're arguing with someone who's literally, you think, seeing the same thing you're seeing, but they don't get the big picture. But, yeah. you know, you guys, we all have our, our troubles. No matter where you are, you got issues. If you're on your own little island in the middle of nowhere, you can't get, you can't get Amazon. So that you're going to have issues anywhere. Yeah, but so, free coconuts, uh, man. Free coconuts everywhere on an island. You know what I mean? Coconuts for life. Exactly. <laughs> but yeah, no, you know what? I appreciate you being honest because um, there's one thing that I don't want to do on this show and just like pretend that nothing's going on in the world. But so, yeah, I appreciate your, your, your realness there, Justin. But yeah, of course. On today's show, obviously, we're here to talk about magic, man, and and I believe that magic's been a big part of your journey throughout your life. So right now, we're kind of experiencing you at some of the highest points. You know, we've seen you do specials. You know, you're on the third series of your show, which I can't fucking wait to talk about. Um, and you're killing it. But how did you get from you know the kid, the story where you know a kid picks up a pack of cards? I'm sure you're about to tell me about. To where you are now, how how does that kind of transition happen? Because I had a pack crazy. of cards, I had a couple of tricks when I was a kid, but you know, yeah. I'm, I'm nowhere near where you on are. Netflix. <laughs> yeah, man. <laughs> you know, it's it's uh, it's so funny because I think back on that a lot. You know, because we all say what we want to be when we're 12. You know, I want to be whatever, and it's like often the pipe dreamy thing. And I'm I'm kind of one of the rare instances where I got to do what I said I wanted to do, you know, either, either by just, uh, I mean, there's a lot of dumb luck, but I think there's just a lot of like, uh, something about the way I, my parents raised me to have this kind of confidence in the unlikely path, but, uh, and then mixed with just some, a good healthy sense of denial that I actually could, could pull it off. 
because I, yeah, when I was 12, I, you know, my, my story, I broke my arms when I was a kid. My doctor, uh, I was riding my bike while wearing rollerblades. So I broke both my arms at the same time, like a dummy. And my doctor recommended card tricks as physical okay. therapy. So he, he had me get that deck of cards. My parents showered me with magic kits, just trying to like do something because I was so hopeless. And, uh, and then I, I, doing it ever since then, started doing kids' birthday parties. I kind of loved the art of magic. And then <clears throat> my, my dad specifically loved the entrepreneurial aspect of it because he very much just wanted me to not be dependent on my parents or whatever. Like, you know, he was ready to cut ties, I guess, early. But he was very, very much a fan of the fact that I could uh, advertise and do gigs and make money. So I like that as well, just because it's kind of nice to be financially independent in high school. And then that snowballed into doing, uh, you know, walk around gigs at restaurants and uh, bar and bar mitzvahs. And, um, and then I went in college, I started touring colleges, which was kind of a big part of my evolution, trying to figure out what my comedic voice was as a magician. And then, uh, yeah, and then, you, you know, I've, I've been in L.A. for 18 years. And I think as soon as you're out here, you're surrounded by the idea that, like, you know, everyone's on the brink of stardom, you know, you just gotta, you just gotta wheel in and deal it. And, uh, you're just kind of like trying to come up with things to pitch. What's the, what's that big idea. And it took 18 years, well, I guess what, 16 years to finally get that overnight success and get someone <laughs> to get someone to put you on their airwaves. Yeah. I hear that man. And, and you've definitely mm -hmm. carved out your voice. Uh, that's a quite an interesting thing to get into for those that, don't know about your magic style. What is your voice or what's your kind of take on magic? Cause I feel like it's very unique. Well, <clears throat> I'd say I don't take myself too seriously as a magician. I think I, uh, there was a certain point where I realized, you know what, like you don't need to be the best quote unquote magician, you know, like the, the level of skill and, and finesse and sleight of hand that it takes. Like there's so many people much better at that <clears throat> than me. And then also like, I, I loved being funny from a young age, but also it's like, all right, I'm not going to, I'm not, the, I'm definitely not the funniest of my friends, you know, <clears throat> but that's okay. Finding like a little sweet spot where like in a Venn diagram, you're the best of the ingredients you put in was kind of like a big a big uh, realization for me. So I'd say my, my style is um, I like using magic as a metaphorical tool, as a comedic tool to kind of talk about real stuff, you know, but not always like heavy stuff, not always serious, sometimes serious things, but often just like, uh, you know, drones are going to be delivering our boxes soon. That's crazy. Let's, let's do a magic trick about that, you know, or, yeah. uh, there's people who think there's, there's microchips implanted in them by the government. That's crazy. Let's sort of do a trick about that. So I, I like doing magic about something as opposed to just doing magic for magic's sake. Cool. If and that's, um, if that's anything. Yeah, yeah. no, hundred percent, man. And, and what was the first trick that you did when you realized that was the direction <clears throat> that you wanted to take? Like, was there a, a, a trick that you did or, or, or like a show that you did that just kicked in that direction? And you were like, you know what, this is where I am with magic. Interesting. You know, there was a, uh, I did a Comedy Central pilot in like 2014 called Sleight of Mouth. And that was kind of like my first big break to do, to, to craft something of my own as a comedy magician, kind of, you know, it's, it's the Justin show. You get to either suck or be great. And um, I was able then to kind of put to, for the first time, you know, you, you kind of jam on ideas with your buddies, but you kind of can't until something real comes along. You can't really afford to pay them. So you kind of like 
but just getting a few minutes here and there. And sometimes there's good tidbits, but this is my first chance to be able to like, Hey, you, 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 you're the smartest people I know. I'm actually going to pay you to sit in a room with me for a couple of weeks and let's come up with something great. And that's exciting, you know? So it's really great to be able to support the people who you've been freeloading off of for a long time. And I'd say, uh, you know, like there's a bit we did in that show to open it where, well, the premise originally is I've, I've got a box hanging and I've got a prediction in that box and, you know, a ball goes around the audience. People tell me, um, information to make a tweet, you know, oh, someone's going to be a place in the world, a celebrity and an activity. And then I lower the box and that information's in there. And I, I remember reading on YouTube, somebody saying like, there's just a printer in the box. And I was like, well, that's not how I did it, but that's how I could have done it. Damn it. Well, let's do it that way. So I tried to like, that was like for the first time where I was like, let's restructure the trick and do the same trick, but then show them that there's a printer in the box. Cause that's what some of the people are thinking already. And then talk about how it sucks to know how magic works, pick up the printer, crush it. It's made of paper. It's a little ball of paper. So that was like the first time I like <clears throat> deconstructed a trick based on the audience's expectations of where it was going. And I, I, that's when I felt like a different sound from the audience. Cause it was kind of like, the audience was very satisfied to think that there was a printer there and then be right. So they're like, ah, yes, we're right. Funny. Wow. Clever. We're, we're smart. And then to crush that printer and just hear them like, you know, like it was what an audience loves to kind of be right, but then be wrong. You know, if I left yeah. it at that, that there was a printer in the box, they kind of walk away with, oh yeah, that was funny. But oh, that wasn't magic after all, was it? You know, so you kind of, anyway, it was just some sort of little ingredient in that one trick that, that kind of, I felt like I broke into a new ground for myself. And then I started doing a few bits in, uh, on YouTube where I was using magic to be about something. I did a thing with peanut butter and jelly. It was an old trick from my kids show days to explain the um, transgender bathroom law controversy that was happening in uh, North Carolina. That was like my first time like doing a trick about something controversial and, but I really believed in it. And that was really fun. I did a, you know, I did a, a bit where I walked through Trump's border wall, you know, like the great wall of China, but like the, those little things. And, you know, I don't like to be, um, you know, controversial politically these days anymore. Cause I, I just found that I would, I would, it would rally the people who agree with me, but really alienate the people who don't. And it wasn't about any kind of conversation, but those were times where I felt like, uh, wow, I'm taking an old trick and I'm making it about something new that means something to me that feels you know, special. It feels very gratifying. So that was kind of, those are some of the bigger moments that felt like I was, I was going in a new direction. Yeah. Slight of mouth is, is something that you mentioned and that was a really cool watch. And it's really <clears> nice <throat> that you explain one of the more complex, well, I don't know, cause I don't know how it's done, but the more complex looking tricks, uh, mm -hmm. but you also throw some pretty cool stuff in there. Something I've never seen before. And you quote, say there's no better audience for magic than high people. Yes. <laughs> <And> <laughs> So yeah. can we just, it, it's, it's a really cool watch because you kind of show us some, some what looked like some pretty cool moves that you do when you're friends and, and there were really high people that you were doing magic to. Is that true, by the way? Yeah, that's true. There were, so when we shot this, it was kind of right after, you know, in California, there were all these uh, me medical marijuana dispensaries. So that was when it was very new. Everyone was still kind of like, I can't believe we can go into a brick and mortar establishment and buy weed, you know? And I, you know, and I'm, I'm, I was never a huge, well, actually, I, was, I guess I was kind of a huge stoner. I was a very functional, I was a business hippie, as they would say. Okay, right, right. <clears throat> for years. But then, you know, and I, and I don't, something about weed just stopped being, 
I stopped being as productive. So anyway, not trying to disclaim or uh, defend my marijuana use, but at the time it was very, <laughs> it's very, it, was, it seemed really funny to go into a dispensary and do magic for high people, but specifically do magic that is, um, what do they call it in magic? I guess they would say it's like a sucker trick or the kind of trick that you're doing it for one person and they don't know how you do it, but everybody else knows how you do it, you know, like throwing something over their head, perspective type things. <clears throat> and, uh, and I went there with Doug Benson, who's a comedian who's known for being a uh, marijuana aficionado. And uh, oh, yeah. yeah, that was one of the, that was one of the most popular little bits because it was just stupid, simple tricks, but the context of it made it really special. I think that, you know, that was, I'm glad you brought it up because that's, was a learning um, moment for me that, you know, you don't have to reinvent the wheel every time. Just doing something simple in a context that makes it unique and original, like makes the whole thing unique and original, yeah. you know, yeah. which is nice. Yeah, man, it was it was real cool. Is there still like an excitement about weed being legal now? Because, you know, over mm. here, weed is still something that isn't, you know, legal <clears> for <throat> you to walk down the street with a joint in your hand, you know? You know, I... Something about once I had, once my wife and I had a kid, like I just kind of was like, well, it doesn't feel, doesn't feel uh, productive to be high all the time. <laughs> but there is, there is something, there, I mean, now, because it's recreational, you go into a place that looks like the Apple store, they're selling, you know, all these different vapes. And it's kind of like, it's, it is very, it's exciting. It's still very cool, you know? And yeah. it's also very cool when your older relatives, your aunts your uncles your 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 uh you know uh when they come to la and they're like hey i uh i read about these um thc lozenges or there's some drops or i need some mm. cbd it's like all right we'll take you to the store you yeah. know so that's kind of nice you gotta love the, the secret the, stoner yeah the secret stoner uh, yeah. it's like the, oh the yeah, nor yeah the normalizing of it you know brings out the secret stoners and yeah, that's yeah. right hundred yeah. percent. I mean, uh, one thing that's, uh, it's, it's not as a bigger thing here in the UK, but I know it's in the US is, is like loading a bowl. I didn't even know what that was till I came to the States where you like have a little pipe and you just put a little bit of weed in it, smoke it. And then it's gone over here. We're quite joint heavy. It's about rolling joints. Oh uh, yeah. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I, um, and specifically, I, I mean, I, I call them spliffs. Uh, yeah, that's what we call them. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's kind it's, of a half joint, half weed, half tobacco. Yeah. That's the one. Amsterdam style. You know, baby. That, that, that's like my, that's kind of how I would, that's the only way I would smoke weed for a long time. And there's something about the ritual of it. Yeah. The rolling of it, like packing a bowl. I don't know. I'm not in college anymore. That seems, why, 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 why are you trying to get it done so quick? You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. What, you don't want to smell like a, a, a Amsterdam for the rest of the day? <laughs> You're not living your life. <laughs> So, I get it, man. Uh, it's like making a cocktail, isn't it? Like when you, because because now I'm a refined okay. drinker of of alcoholic spirits uh, instead of just smashing beers. Yeah, when I make a nice cocktail and you know I've got my nice little martini glass and some proper rice yes. and I finish it off, I'm like, cool. Yeah. I want to make a mess, you know. Yeah. When you're when you're rolling a spliff, you kind of made a mess. There's some things everywhere. Uh, you're you're making it old fashioned. You've got some cherries dropping all over the place, right. but you've got this beautiful thing that you're very proud of. Yeah, yeah, it's good. <laughs> Right, before we get on to talk about the show, um, lockdown for you right now, uh, you're at home with the wife and the child, I believe. Um, it mm -hmm. looks like you're in a, a very, a very uh, sparse room at the moment. It looks like this is a place where you expand your mind. Can you just explain to the listener where you are right now? We've been asking everyone. I'm in my, I'm in my son's playroom right here. Okay? <laughs> so I'm in, a, I'm in a baby's room. And I'm only, normally I wouldn't do this Zoom in here. I'd do it down in the office or something, but... You know, uh, he's he's up he's up right now. He's having his breakfast downstairs, and I didn't want baby 
uh, yelling to interfere with our serious conversation. Yeah. My wife's mom is also out here with us. She's been out here for like two months, thank God, to help us out. And uh, so it's the three of us and our two dogs. But yeah, this is a good quiet room. I've never, I've never done a Zoom in here. You're not the first person to be in their kid's room. I believe you're the third person in like the last five episodes to be in their son's bedroom. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah, it's like like an ongoing thing. Kind of here. And I got a pillow behind me and I could sit in my son's chair here. That looks pretty comfy. It is very, very, very jealous of it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, That's where I'm at. Fair enough. What's it like having the in-laws over or or the mother-in-law over? It's fantastic. Like, uh... I mean, we moved, my wife and I moved into a, a slightly bigger house than we used to live in right before our baby was born. So now we kind of luckily have a bedroom for, for her to stay in. Uh, otherwise, it would be a little tough. But, uh, you know, for the first month of quarantine, it was just me, my wife, and our son. And, you know, like, you know, no babysitter help or anything like that. So it's, it's, it was full on. That was the only, the only job every day was to keep this boy alive, keep yeah. him fed keep him happy not in harm's way and, and also so your I son able, and also my son exactly yeah i mean i can barely take care of myself there's no time for rolling those splits <laughs> still no time for that but uh so i'm happy i'm happy she's here you know she's yeah, she yeah. kind of you know obviously sometimes feels like she's being an imposition but it's like no 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 i'm listen i want you to stay i know you think that i, I have to say that i want you to be here and I do probably to be polite, but I really do. Don't go back. And I don't think she'll be going back anytime soon because who wants to be on an airplane, right? No, she's not allowed to. She has to stay. I mean, she and has you, to stay you have the house keys, so the door's locked from the inside, I believe. Exactly. <clears throat> and older people don't move that fast. You're still young and in your prime. You I can chase her down. Her. Yeah, of course. Bring her back. Bring her I got back, 100%. her. 100%. Um, so what I really love about Magic for Humans is that you take magic and you really flip it for us and you kind of alluded to the tastes that we'd get from from magic for humans when you spoke about your special um for somebody who's going to experience your show for the first time how would you explain what it is to them Mm. i mean if i uh, i would say in a nutshell it's a it's a funny magic show and that, you know, if I had to say a couple words, that would be, it's a funny magic show. I would say if, if they said, tell me more, I would say, okay, well, it's a funny magic show where we use magic to explore the different themes of the human experience. And then they're like, huh? And I'm like, well, you know, like you, emotions, emotions that are uniquely human, self-control, love, guilt, fear, power, you know, uh, and all the things that come along with it, technology, fear of technology, you know, <clears throat> and we use magic to explore those themes. And then they're kind of like, oh, this is sounding, now it's sounding very clinical and documentary-like. I'm like, no, okay, well, listen, there's like the uh, Stanford Marshmallow Experiment, you know, where they put a marshmallow in front of a kid to test their self-control. We do that, but I also add in the layer of making the marshmallow disappear before the kid gets to eat it. They're like, oh, okay. Or using a social experiment to convince a guy he's invisible. Oh, okay. Um, but then also the shows like, you know, I produce it with Tim and Eric, who uh, of Tim and Eric Awesome Show, and their whole brand has a layer of um, an editing style of absurdity that I feel like is the perfect palate cleanser whenever we're doing something that's kind of, you know, a longer thing or maybe that that feels like an experiment that's got an intellectual bent to it. You know, just as quick as that's done, we'll do a Magic for Susans where you're just like freeze framing on some poor lady's face for five seconds um 
so yeah, I, and I, I, I would remind people that it's a show designed to make you feel good. You know, it's not a divisive show. It's a show hopefully you can watch with your, your friends or your grandma or your kids or get, get stoned and watch it with your college buddy. You know, like hopefully it's a Swiss army knife of entertainment pleasure. Yeah, yeah. Oh, a hundred percent, man. And you throw loads in there and we're going to get stuck into a few things. And one of the things that I like that you lean into is kind of the psychology of magic. Like, you know, you spoke about making somebody think that they're invisible. Um, and there's also a, a trick where you kind of play on the phantom limb idea. Mm-hmm. Can you talk us through that? Because that was crazy to watch, Justin. Yeah, that was a weird one. I well, I love finding these little, you know, scientific-based things or experiments that that have that are real. At least that, like, if you're if I'm going to do a three-part thing, part one is real. You know, so the phantom limb where you put a fake uh, rubber arm where someone's real arm should be, and their real arm is just out of view. You know, and you brush the real arm and the fake arm with a feather at the same time they will associate the sensation with the fake arm that they can see because they can't see their real arm. And that's how the experiment starts. That's like the pairing process, the Bluetooth pairing process. And then the experimenter takes out a hammer and smashes the fake arm and the person will wince and freak out because they've now been programmed to think that that's their real arm. That's the, that's the real experiment. Yeah. So I thought, wouldn't it be fun? Because there's a, there's a magic trick, kind of a magic effect uh, premise called PK touch where psychokinetic touch where you get two people up and they shut their eyes and you kind of tap one person's shoulder, but the other person also feels it and kind of raise this person's hand and the other person raises their hand at the same time. Like basically making people feel things that the audience doesn't see how they could be feeling those things and vice versa, making them not feel things that they should be feeling. I thought wouldn't it be fun to put that into the phantom limb experiment and pass it off as science, you know, cause in the episode it's about power. And in this case, kind of the power of authority, how we, someone in a lab coat would kind of believe the BS that they might be saying if they say it confidently enough and look like they have the authority to be saying it. And so that was a fun experiment. And it was a weird one because it's kind of like the magic is not overt. You're kind of like, when does the science end and the magic begin? Which I kind of like, I like, you know, like David Blaine has really carved that new realm of, you know, real or magic where, you know, sticking an ice pick through his hand and you're, you're having this debate with yourself is this, is he really doing this or is this just a really good magic trick or does it matter? Shouldn't there be blood? I don't get it. And I feel like that's a fun thing to leave people grappling with. Yeah, man. Um, it's, it's awesome. I, I, I love that. And, and one thing I've noticed about the show, Justin, real quick, there isn't episode numbers. They kind of just have names. So, and I've realized that you can actually watch the episodes out of sequence. Like I could pluck an episode from season three. I could pluck an episode from season two or one and watch them whatever order. Was that quite intentional for you that each kind of episode would work by itself? Yeah, I didn't, you know, I have a short attention span. And my attention span in watching a show is about 22, 24 minutes without commercials. You know, like, because <clears throat> Netflix lets you make a show as long as, long as you want it to be. They don't want it to be less than 20 minutes, you know, but, and then also, uh, you know, if I want to pause it or just come back to that later or skip ahead, like, okay, maybe this one segment here is not something I want to watch with my grandma, you know, let's skip to the next episode. So I like that you really don't need to know what happened last episode or, or anything, you know, that they can really be viewed compartmentally just kind of feels 
like I don't know. I can't, when we're editing the show, I always talk about how I want the show to be like candy, you know, or like salty popcorn, where it's just kind of like you kind of just we don't give you a second to reach for the remote is what I like. Yeah, man. And, and you definitely pull that off with some of the random stuff that you throw in. Like you mentioned Magic for Susan's a part of the show where you do magic, magic specifically for people called Susan. Why Susan's? I need to know. <clears throat> magic for Karen's is just a little too touchy right now. <laughs> so why Susan's? I think the original idea in the writer's room was like, because we we're like, we, we, I wanted to have these little palate cleansers because I, I started doing these little palate cleansers in sleight of mouth where it was just these little vignettes that kind of are 30 seconds long that kind of just break up the longer things. Again, because I'm ADD. So we thought... Uh, uh, my my head writer at the time was like, how about we do magic for Susan's? And you, it's only people named Susan. We didn't even have a name for the series. We didn't know the show was magic for humans yet. We hadn't figured out the name of the show. So as soon as the title magic for humans came upon us, unrelated to magic for Susan's, something about like, wow, they kind of rhyme. It does almost feel brilliant. And then when we finally did hit the streets and put out Craigslist ads and stuff to find Susan specifically, uh, Susan's are exactly what you think they are. They 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 look like you think they look, and they behave like you think they they're like every they're like everyone's aunt, you know. And uh, <laughs> they don't. Uh, there's just something about Susan's that finds that, that is very charming to watch them watch magic because they don't they don't act amazed if they're not amazed. If they're impressed, they'll be impressed. They they're 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 a good litmus test. They're a good avatar for the viewer. They're they are a real they're real people. Yeah. Sound like you really know your Susans then. So is there a trick that you might I'm be working an expert on? Now. Yeah, is there like a trick that you work on? You're like, that's a that's that's magic for Susan, that one. That is definitely 100%. for Susan. Hundred percent. Like whenever there's a trick that is uh that is void of any intellectual depth, but is a good trick, um it becomes a Susan. Like there's another segment of the show called Trick Questions where I do a trick and then I ask you a question and they think it's going to be a question related to the trick, but it's just an absurd question. Those tricks tend to be even shorter than Susan's tricks. So if it's just like, Hey, I got a cool trick where uh, AirPods will turn into a, you know, uh, you know, an Altoid tin or something like that. Yeah. It's kind of like a, Oh, okay. And then here's the question. But if it's with a Susan, the trick kind of has to have a beginning, middle and an end, but it doesn't, it can be completely tangential from any sort of meaning or anything. So, yeah, Susan tricks. I have a, we, we keep a file of them. <laughs> I, I think they look they work quite well for like viral snippets as well to promote the show because they're nice and tight. And another thing about the show, the way that you formatted it, and this is kind of becoming apparent with the way that you said that you like to put stuff together, is it has got that viral feel to it. And it's also been proven there's certain parts of the show that have absolutely smashed the internet to pieces. For example, the invisible man trick uh, where you convince somebody that they are invisible. That really touched the internet and, and that caused wow, amazement, that caused conversation and controversy. Mm-hmm. Uh, why do you think in particular that trick did that? You know, I think it's, I think the invisible man like tapped into something because all of us, I think, even from when we were young kids have imagined what it would be like to be invisible. Like yeah, we, man. you know, something about, and also like Harry Potter, the cloak of invisibility taps into that as well. but. You know, just the, 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 the whole debate, like if you, had a, if you could have a superpower, flight or invisibility, what would it be? Like I remember from a young kid, like debating this with my friends, thinking like flight would be amazing, you know, like all of us kind of dream about flight, but it's really hard to pretend that you are flying. But with invisibility, you can make believe invisible 
And the only thing that makes you believe you're invisible is if other people act like they can see you or not. So that, I think it tapped into a thing that we'd all already thought about and forgotten that we thought about. And um, I think uh, people love being in on something. People love, people love a good prank. Uh, people love a prank that, what makes a prank even better is if it's not like a mean prank, like if it has a real power to it, but it's not mean, which is fun. And although the Invisible Man did turn mean uh, when people <laughs> were recreating it and stuff like that. <laughs> but I think we gave the viewers enough to recreate the bit on their own. Like, you know, here's, here's the premise. You're going to do this. You're all going to pretend this. For your convincer, you're going to have a picture on your phone without them have at it. And, you know, they didn't need to do the bit where I really made someone disappear and all that. So it kind of became a DIY thing. And we didn't mean, I mean, I didn't mean to make it a, a challenge type thing. I had no idea that that was going to happen. It was like a six and a half minute video. I didn't think it was going to be a viral part of the show. Go figure. A lot of people took part in that challenge. A lot of people made children cry. And I think you made that okay as well. Cause you also have done that in your show too. <laughs> I have. I Bless. have. I did make that kid cry. And I didn't, I almost made my son cry in the very last episode of season three with the, uh, the birthday noisemaker, <clears throat> but he did not cry. Okay. So in case you're right. wondering when you see that at the very end of season three, when I blow the horn, yeah. he was startled, but he did not cry. So I'm I, a good dad. I, I thought that was hilarious. I was like, he, no, they didn't, they didn't write that in, did they? <laughs> you could tell by yours yeah. and his reaction. He was no. not ready for that. Um, and trust me, there was a lot of debate uh, in the edit about like, am I going to be an asshole? Do I, do we leave this in? And uh, typically, like, it's so funny, you have to end up just trusting your gut, you know, because yeah, in the man. edit, you got, people, you got people saying both things in your head. Oh, I know, it's great. You should go farther. And other ones, people are like, moms are going to hate you. And I'm like, ah, moms already hate me. Or some, you know, you just got to yeah. do you. No, I, I like I like those bits because that keeps it organic and that makes it even even realer for me. Because if it was too sanitized, too clean, there were no you know trips or drops. It's, it kind of no one likes anything too polished. You know, do you know it's like 100%. Um, yeah, it gives it some realness. I've seen you doing quite a bit of magic to your son. What's your son's name? Shout out the listener, please. Jackson. Uh, Jackson. So you've been doing some tricks with Jackson on social media. Uh, oh, is that? Has he got his own custom chair? On his chair, yeah. Oh my gosh, he's living the life. It's from Pottery Barn. Um, didn't get it for free, but maybe we'll get another one now for free. Shout um, out to Pottery Barn. I'd, shout I'd, out to Pottery If Barn. you make one for somebody who's six foot six, then I'll take one of those, please. Uh, if not, I will have a very comfortable head, I guess. Because good pillow, yes. that looks like I make. Um, yeah. Justin showed us a fluffy chair, by the way, listening to the podcast. Um, but yeah, so, so Jackson, I've seen you showing him magic. He's not looking too impressed yet. Is any magic kind of doing any, is it working at the moment? Is, 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 is he a good audience member yet? He is not. He's, um, <laughs> and I don't know what it is. Like I, I, I maybe should look into the, uh, um, you know, uh, child psychology when object permanence and when the realization that that shouldn't fit in there or that yeah. thing is gone happens. But, uh, but it's pretty funny watching him not be impressed. And it, but it is, it is also, I think, much funnier knowing, like, you know, seeing how he can bust me on the trick, you know, pull the thing that you're not supposed to see out or this or that. And I've, um, and people, people get very, people, people find that very satisfying, watching yeah. a kid bust the magician. He's got this, like, straight-faced uh, Jack Benny kind of straight man kind of comedy look to him that I, I didn't teach him, but I, I, will, yeah. I will nurture the best I can. Is it true you got to tweak magic for kids though? Not just, you know, kid, uh, ch children of Jackson's age, but like when you're doing magic for younger people, have you got to tweak it because they see things that adults don't and vice versa? 
you know, you, yeah, you need to, um, I mean, what's great about kids and why I think people like watching the segments on the show where we have kids is that adults rarely will forget that there's, that they're being filmed, you know? So they know, okay, they're thinking the whole time, okay, this is going to be on TV. How do I look? Oh yeah. Act normal. Okay. Wow. Amazing. You know, and there's something that sometimes feels contrived, you know, or they are, they're stifling. They don't really let loose, you know, they don't really, they like uh, so many times we'll do a trick and the trick will go great and they'll be like whoa wow and then we're like cut and they're like oh my god how the fuck did you do that yeah yeah, like, yeah yeah why wouldn't you act normal uh, say you know be real while we're rolling uh kids will forget the cameras there quite early on and uh, say and do whatever and that can go both ways often you know the true amazement really sets in and they you know they will react in a true wondrous like a kid way which i think is fun to watch because it reminds us of how uncensored and unfiltered we were as kids and how we kind of miss that. We all want to be that way again. And, but also if they see how a trick works or they're not impressed, they'll say that too, which is also very fun and makes, makes my job harder. So the tricks do have to be a little bit more bulletproof. Another cool thing about magic for humans is, and I'm not throwing any shots at any magicians, but there was a time when magic had to be really cool. It had to be like, you know, Hey, mm. mysterious, and you know, and you've totally, gone in a different direction how is it are you saying i'm not cool wait what no because i think cool is something different nowadays i think cool isn't being cool and mysterious cool is just being who you are and confident with it good save yeah. good save good well save done. Done. but cool is being confident with who you are and and i feel like you really share who you are with the audience by really opening up like you share your family members you share your you know uh, your son, you share your wife, you share, share, share personal things about your parents as well. How important was it for you to also put that across? Because we've spoken about the comedy, we've spoken about the magic, but to have a personal input into it that we don't really see from other magicians, how important was that for you as well? That's true. You know, I feel like um, it was when my wife and I got married, we, um, you know, we had a video of our first dance you know, where I did a trick <clears throat> levitated in the first dance thing that went viral. We made like a little drunk history spoof just to play at our wedding reception about how we met that like really took off. And, and, and the, like when that happened, I remember th just thinking like, man, people love real shit. People love like love, you know, like I, we never intended like for those things to be like, you know, content for, for views we're just putting out a thing that was real and that, you know, meant a lot to us and you get to see real emotion. And I just remember it, like, it felt really good that something that was just hundred percent authentic resonated with people and they kind of like want more of. And, and I feel like we just, like you said, you don't see a lot of that and might be just because I think magicians, especially kind of were trained from a young age to kind of have a facade up, you know, to have a mystique, um, to kind of portray uh, almost a superhuman vibe, which, which is maybe it was really cool in the 80s and 90s, and which, depending on who you are, you can pull off. But, you know, a lot of people can't pull off. Like, David Blaine is cool, and his whole demeanor, I think, maybe is what a lot of people have tried to imitate since then. But, like, he's not being he's not trying to be cool. He's just, he's just that dude. He is he that really dude. Really is kind this, of like, he? yeah. he's really like this. You're like, you know, he's like kind of mysterious and you don't know what he's thinking. And you don't know if he's going to do a card trick or kill you, you know, like <laughs> he's cool. And 
he's even gotten cooler and more real in recent years. And, and I think magicians suffer from, and I, and I did for a long time, from like a mimic syndrome, you know, where we just try to imitate what we think we're supposed to look like. We, we try to kind of just replicate and go through the motion. So it was, a, it was after I discovered that, wow, people really love just keeping it real. When we were putting the show together, I tried to fill as much real life stuff, real life home videos. And, um, you know, in season two, I think compared to season one, we got much more autobiographical. And I, I, I saw it as a chance, obviously, to talk about fatherhood because, listen, like you run out of stuff to come up with, you know, you kind of run out of material after a certain point. However, if you're living your life and you're going through real life stuff, you've got material all around you, you know? Uh, so parenthood obviously is, was this new thing that I was going through and there's plenty of material there. Uh, you know, um, my, my mother going through uh, battling Alzheimer's disease, you know, I, I, I remember bringing that up in the writer's room thinking about, man, it'd be really great to do something because you don't hear people talk about this ever, but every a lot of people are dealing with that or a loved one who's fighting that. And I feel like, when there's issues that people don't talk about, it just kind of makes them feel alone. You know, like you don't need to have like tons to say about a thing, but if you just share, if you're sharing a struggle, people who are also struggling feel seen, you know? So, um, so yeah, that kind of became a real touchstone, I think for the show. And, uh, and yeah, I think people these days especially have such a good BS detector when they watch anything, you know, like, where, uh, you know, when they know, they know someone's, they know what good acting and bad acting is like when they watch a movie. And then when they know when, um, you know, uh, when they watch a prank video on YouTube, they, they could tell this is bullshit, you know, this yeah. is not, this is not real or this yeah. is real. Like people are just good. There's just this, this innate thing. And I feel like it's much easier to keep it real with people than it is to try to pull the wool over their eyes. Yeah, it's it's kind of like special effects. However good the special effects are in a in a movie, like the visual effects, like in the yeah. latest Star Wars films where they, you know, literally replicate people's faces. You can see pores and sweat dripping out of these CGI characters. You still people still know that that is not real. There's just this this <clears throat> sense that we have as humans that for 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 the non-real. And I feel like you can, like you said, if it's not organic, you can really feel it. So yeah, man, I just want to say thanks for sharing that with us on the show, man. That, oh that yeah, a, my pleasure. It's cool. Cause there's a lot of things that people go through and it's good to kind of see, um, uh, you know, a, a rounded selection of, of kind of output from someone like yourself. Now the show's packed full of magic, obviously it's packed full of comedy. Um, it's got some crying children in it as well. Uh, but one thing that there's fucking loads of is innuendos. Did, did you know oh, yeah. that there'll be so many innuendos going into this? There's Sexy a lot, man. Innuendos. There's a lot of innuendos. Oh, I mean, I've got a few of them. I'd love to see if you could work out what the trick okay. is if I play the innuendo. Please what have I got do. Here? I've got, uh, what have we got? Oh, we've got this. Wow. <laughs> so big. I'm glad. Oh, my God. Wow, it's so big That's and black. Pulling a, pulling a black umbrella out of a empty package. Now, that is innuendo that didn't come from me. <laughs> uh, that, 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 that's a, that's what she said moment coming from a spectator. So that's, yes. yeah, didn't say, didn't see that one. Didn't see that one coming. Hell yeah. Hey. Isn't it too big? Can you? Uh-huh. Okay. Oh no, that's actually a lady. Do you know what you were doing there? Yeah, that was uh face yoga. I was putting a Rubik's cube in my mouth. That's right. Yeah. And you, I mean, okay. you, I've seen people tie knots in cherries. Uh, no, I don't think she was trying to be, I don't think she was trying to be <laughs> sexual there. I think you're just out of a filthy ears. 
And indeed. All right, this one's a bit more filthy. Get comfortable anywhere you want. Yeah, what do I need to do? You just need to be naked. Yeah, now that's not an innuendo. That's, I'm at a nudist resort, and oh, yeah. uh, those are the rules. Mm, mm. There's literally a sign off camera that said, no clothes allowed. So. How uncomfortable was it for you walking into a nudist area wearing clothes? Did you feel like you would, cause did you get funny yeah. looks? Because that's, that's quite oh. offensive, isn't it? Yeah. I, um, you know, there was a lot of talk leading up to that about, you know, how, okay, how do we go about this? Like, should I be, should I look naked but not be? Should I be wearing one of those, like, you know, flesh colored things? And we did bring one with us. And as soon as I, like, when I did that opening thing where I just walked in, you feel like such a, like uh, a, a fraud you feel like yeah. so like such a rule breaker so and i knew like oh man if i like wear a fake thing and blur it out i'm gonna feel like such a like it's missing the entire point of this place you know because i think i went into that bit you know you, you you think you know what a nudist resort is about and you kind of you know you can crack jokes about it oh you know it's a bunch of horny old men but it's like not that at all it's, it's nah. people who are living the naturist lifestyle and it's about you know, no judgment, taking the labels of society away so people can actually be people. And, you know, 20 minutes into it, I was like, yeah, I kind of have to do this for real, unfortunately. So you made, the call on, you made the call on the day to, to get your bits up? Yeah. yeah. What was that like, man, for somebody who isn't, because it's not, it's not in your nature to feel as a nudist does, who wants to, you know, say, look, hey, I feel comfortable with my clothes off. So did you have like a little well, I think I was having conversation. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Come on, man. Put on a good show I mean, for me today. Don't embarrass in the, me. In the, in the parking lot that's more, that morning, you know, like I brought some dumbbells just to, all right, let me do some curls here. So I, you know, and, do some and push-ups. And a wet towel but as there's well. No, there's no workouts you can do for the other bits. Well, I'm sure there are. There are wet, there a wet are, towel, there. a wet cloth, a wet, a wet face cloth. That'll do it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wet. Oh, okay. it's, a little, it's a little bit of weight, you know. And you it's can, a hot day, though. <laughs> but uh, as soon as like people were sharing their stories, like, cause there's, you know, there are young people, people my yeah. age, young couples and stuff, yeah. you know, not, but not, not a bunch of kind of like pervy old people. Like it's, it's not what you think it is. So, yeah, man. and they were talking about how, like how, how uncomfortable they were the first time and stuff. And I was like, Oh yeah, you know what? This is gotta do it. Let's just do it. And uh, it was very, you kind of do forget about it after a little bit. However, our entire camera crew was clothed because I think, you know, part of Netflix's rule was kind of that you, you know, everyone who went there had to have like a background check who was in our crew and everything like that. And part of the rules was just, you can't be, they can't be naked okay. for whatever reason. Union stuff. I don't know. Probably some union, union rules. hundred percent. I mean, did you feel a lot closer to your production team after that day then? I feel, I think they felt closer to me. Oh, hell yes. I don't know if I felt closer to them. Yeah. I mean, it was, it was revealing. <laughs> it was revealing. Uh, look, I, I don't want to linger on this for too long, but I've had this conversation a number of times and I feel like I can be real with you, Justin. Like, I'm the sort yeah. of man, if you say, don't look over there, I will look over to wherever I shouldn't be looking. Now, uh-huh. my head goes to the worst case scenarios and I'm like, what's the most inappropriate thing that could happen if I am? in an environment full of people who are, who are nudists. And I'll be like, getting an erection. So the, the main thing I'll be thinking is, don't get hard on, don't get hard on, don't get hard on. How, I just have to share that, bro. That's absolutely, I mean, it's crazy. I asked, I asked him about that too, because, you know, uh, I was at a table where it was just all guys. Cause, and, 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 you know, like, 
it's a natural human thing they say yeah, but yeah. you know it's also it's also somewhat inappropriate so they're like it's okay just you know you excuse yourself and you kind of step away and uh till you recover or you go off on your own and handle your business you know but uh luckily I, I remember thinking to myself like okay i'm telling myself thinking like what if that happens to me what what do i do and i think i was just so distracted with everything that was going on and the magic that i'm trying to do uh, that it just wasn't an issue luckily I didn't let myself relax enough to the point of, of erection. Yeah. yeah. So you didn't have to think of the queen. There you go, bro. I wish I did. I wish <laughs> I did. Right. We'll do one more of these before we move on. How does it taste? Okay. Salty. <laughs> How does it taste salty? That's, that's me drinking my, uh, my tea bag there after it came <laughs> out of my eye. Um, yeah, I guess there are some innuendos in the show. And that's just probably me and my... Uh, you know, when I was when I was touring colleges, the act I basically did was my kid's birthday party show with sexual innuendos, and that made it a college act. And uh, some of those old habits die hard. Hey, man, it's all good. <laughs> die hard. Um, yeah, yeah, that's uh, all good, man. Um, but yeah, so, uh, you know, Magic for Humans, I think it's, it's a show, like I've, I've said it a few times, man, love it. It's a great watch. Um, it's great in the Netflix format. How do you feel being able to put something on a, on a channel like Netflix? Um, has helped you to grow in terms of uh, finding a new audience? Mm. Well, I mean, being in a, uh, on a service that's all over the world is uh, mind-blowing. Like, it's very hard to kind of wrap your head around how many homes have access to your program at any time of day. So it's, it's opened me up, uh, obviously, to have kind of fans and people who who watch it in places that I never would have thought that I would have a connection with and, and I get cool emails uh, all the time just from people who watch the show and it made them laugh and cry in you know in Dubai or in Spain and in India and uh, you know uh, you know people in in remote parts of like Australia that it's just like wow I, I they're fun to think of touring to those places one day um, I think it's Something about magic, especially like being on a service that you can binge so that when you're in the zone, you can watch a ton of it, but it's, I don't know, like tuning in every week at a certain time to see that thing for 30 minutes feels like such a archaic uh, way to run a medium. So, um, I mean, I, I, it's, I feel like the luckiest boy in the world, like to have a show on the, on the, you know, with big brother who's in all of our homes. Thank goodness. <laughs> yeah. I mean, look, uh, streaming is an amazing thing. And, and, and like you said, it's, it's great for you to kind of reach an audience. When you compare it to kind of conventional TV specials, it's almost alien, isn't it? Thinking about settling down to, to watch anything at a certain time, apart from what, li- live sports, I guess? Is that kind of the last I think, area? Yeah, live, live things is kind of the only, you know, like my wife and I, we kind of got rid of our basic cable a while ago. And the only time we missed it, I think, is, yeah, Super Bowl, World Series, or, uh, you know, maybe the Oscars or the Emmys, like something live, something that you had to be there for. Because everything you can end up seeing on YouTube later anyway, but uh, the things that you kind of really want to experience in the moment, that's the only real purpose for it. So, yeah, it's really, it's really nice. And what's fun is that every day is premiere day with Netflix. So and, and, and right now could be the moment that someone's watching episode one season one for the first time and they're kind of going through the for them it's it's a brand new exciting experience and you don't get that with 
broadcast TV. Once something airs, it's really hard to find it again, you know? So Exactly. Exactly. And and what are you And what if kind you of... have to take a wee, you miss you miss some you miss some stuff. Could you imagine? That's yeah, I can't, I can't imagine. imagine having having a TV tell me when I go for a pee. Yeah, come on, man. Exactly. Um what kind of stuff are you streaming though? What what are you watching? Oh man, dude, we just finished season two of Dark on Netflix. Familiar with it? No, I've not watched German, that. Talk us through. German sci-fi show. Uh, it's kind of like Stranger Things for adults. If I had to give it some weird uh, hybrid uh, ex- explanation, but it deals with time travel and it's set in this kind of remote little German town and it is awesome. I remember season one, it kind of like took a couple episodes to get into it. And then I was just like a- a- addicted. I'm, I love time travel stuff. Ever since I was a kid with Back to the Future, there's something about... Just the just like pretending you're invisible as a kid and how that tickles some sort of fantasy like time travel. Just I'm, I'm excited to do some sort of time travel magic thing. I mean, it has to be done very well. So I don't know what that thing is yet. But Dark on Netflix is really, really good. Okay. So I, I suggest that. And uh, I mean, with our with our with our son, you know, we only have time to like watch an hour of TV at, at night before we pass out. So that's kind of our main binge at the moment. Is he running things when it comes to what he wants to watch? Is there a show that he likes or a song or something like that? Dude, he's uh, all in on the Wiggles. The Wiggles, Wiggles all the time. Australian children's music group, most successful children's pop group in the world ever. The Wiggles, oh. check them out. Okay. Yeah. I think I'm familiar. I, mean, I think I would think of like Hawaiian, Hawaiian shirts and I'm going, today we're going to make some tea or something like that, you know. Kind of like that, yeah. Wash your hands. Yeah. Exactly. Yes. Hot potato, hot potato. Yeah, that's the one. Mm-hmm. Oh, you Fruit sound like you've heard that a few times. <laughs> yummy, yummy. I have dreams about the Wiggles. My wife and I both have dreams about them. <laughs> I dream that I'm hanging out with Anthony the other night. We're on the beach and he's cool. And it, yeah. it, it's really weird. It's really weird how you love and hate these people. Yeah, in a few years time, you're going to love consuming like the Disney Pixar stuff as well. Like, you know, all of the kids films that actually have loads of adult jokes in them. Kind of, kind of yeah, like what oh, some I can't of the jokes you have. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I've been trying to, you know, when we, when we pop on Disney Plus, I try to, he can watch, uh, like we, we watched, uh, what was it called? Onward, right? We watched, he was, he was giggling for about 10 minutes, but then he kind of veers off. He somehow, somehow likes live action with real, real people on screen better than he likes animation at the moment. Oh, fair enough. I figure. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, some cool stuff. Yeah, Disney Plus is pretty cool as well. I mean, I've been into The Mandalorian. Obviously, I watched all of those. Uh, that was, I don't know if you're a Star Wars guy, but I feel like that was, that was a pretty dope season, man. It was, uh, yeah, I watched it. And I'm not a Star Wars guy, and you didn't have to be to love that, which is nice. You know, yeah. I feel like there's so many cool, uh, you know, cultural phenomenon that if, you, if, you, if you're not ready to take it all in from the beginning, you're left out of it, you know? Yeah. And a lot of Star Wars stuff kind of sometimes feels that way. Either you're in the club or you're not. And uh, Mandalorian was a good, a good way to, to dive in at any point. So what else do I love? We just started watching Space Force the other night with Steve Carell. I need to watch that. Cause I, that just dropped, didn't it's, it? Yeah, it's so, funny. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I mean, everything that Steve Carell is, I mean, I, my wife and I love The Office so much. I mean, we do go to sleep to The Office every night. So you kind of are wanting Steve to show those little touches of Michael Scott. And I get why he kind of wants to keep them very separate, but it's a funny show. 
Yeah, I think it's going to be. I don't think that's ever going to work for him. He's a meme forever now because of because of the performances in that show. And yes, he he's a great actor, and we're going to see some great things. But I think The Office is something that none of the actors are going to be able to leave behind. That show had a massive no, impact. It is the best. It was the best. For real, man. Um, so you spoke about time travel and magic in the future. I mean, I look forward to seeing a trip like that because that sounds like it's going to be amazing. But when during your come up, there must have been some L's as well, some magic tricks that didn't go well. I mean, many, many, many <laughs> tricks that didn't go well. I'm trying to think back because you kind of try to block those things out. Um, I mean, I used to do an act with doves. <clears throat> I was inspired by Lance Burton early on. So I would do kind of a, in a tuxedo dove act, making the birds appear, hand them off to my little sister, who was my assistant. She'd put them on the perch. And then I was inspired by magicians like Greg Fruin and Jason Byrne, who were like hip and cool. They took it out of the tuxedo. And I saw Andrew Lloyd Webber's musical Starlight Express, where he has everyone's in roller skates. So I was like, I want to do an act, a dove act on rollerblades, you know? And um, listen, uh, I don't have to tell you that those doves have to be hidden somewhere <clears throat> occasionally on your person. And rollerblades, you're going to fall. So uh, there was a performance where I fell uh, and it didn't, like, the act didn't finish as it was planned to. And in that case, it wasn't children that were crying. I remember I was crying out of the immense guilt that I have just killed one of my assistants. And that was the end of the rollerblade section. And it was the end of like using uh, a dozen doves in my act. I was like, listen, quality, not quantity. I, that was a very nightmare. That was that was a bad day. Yeah, man. I think you and roller skates or roller blades don't really mix. It never either, works man. out well. Why is that? Yeah, true. It's, just, uh, it's not easy for you. Um, so in terms of of tech that you're using around the home, it's really interesting. Before we press record today, you were like, "I'm going to switch my AirPods out for my other AirPods." So you part of the gang that has found that AirPods are so comfortable that you just leave them in all day long and forget, and the battery's oh. Out. I do not uh, leave them in all day. I try not to, just because I don't. Uh, first off, AirPods hurt my ears. I don't know. I have small ears. Do they hurt you? They're all okay. Yeah. Oh yeah, they hurt. They hurt. Um, but I do. Uh, I have multiple sets of AirPods because I lose them a lot. <laughs> I will run them through the washing machine. I will drop them in between a couch cushion and not find them for six months. You know, the little find my AirPods button is supposed to make them chirp. I've never gotten that to work. So. These, the, the, these are my wife's JS that I'm wearing right now. She's had to label her, her AirPods then. I labeled them for us. <laughs> um, just and I always know the ones that are in pristine condition, those are hers because she doesn't yeah. have the problem I have. Yeah. All right, cool. Fair enough, man. And how else have you, you been trying to kill time now when you've been in lockdown? I mean, as a magician, I know you're probably always thinking about creating and stuff, but is there anything away from the magic that you've been using to kind of keep you zen or just help your mind to relax? Yeah, well, you know, I think all this time that we're cooped up in our homes, uh, we're thinking about all the stuff we don't like or want to change in our surroundings. And I, and, I, and I do feel like having a home that you feel is an expression of you is an important part of just making you feel at peace. My wife's an interior designer and she's brilliant. So we've been using this time kind of just to tweak up little, little elements in our home or, you know what, I've always, those chairs have always been temporary. Let's try to find something different. And she's really amazing at finding deals and finding the perfect thing that she wants, you know, for, for great prices. So we've been doing that. We've been trying to paint our office downstairs, but it's been like a three month process process. We're doing one wall at a time just because again, our son, and by the time he goes to bed, we are, it's, it's wine time. 
you know, and you don't <laughs> yeah, want to paint, you don't want to paint during wine time. <clears throat> but, uh, yeah. And I've just been trying to, uh, yeah, obviously I should be on, you know, the plan was to be on tour right now, doing theaters, doing shows, touching people, hugging people. So, uh, that's kind of on the back burner. So it's kind of about looking at ways to express myself creatively that, uh, that I've been meaning to do, but never come around to do. Like I wanted to make a magic set for the, for years now. So, Early in quarantine, my wife and I, you know, with her with her nudging, I made a social distancing magician starter kit to raise money for COVID-19 relief. So it's been fun, like kind of shooting those instructional videos and uh, getting those kits out to people all over the world. And it's been so cool getting these videos back of these little kids, four years old, doing the tricks with the jokes that I that I said. So um, so that's like kind of fun and rewarding. You know, I feel like when I was a kid with my broken arms, I was kind of self-isolated against my will for two months out of school. That's when I discovered magic. So I feel like it was kind of a, a nice way to encourage a silver lining to this time for, for others. Definitely. We'll be sure to put a link to in the show description to link to oh, that great, as yeah. well. Yeah, because um, I saw that and it's really nice. You've packaged it up. It's, it's got a nice little box. and um, <clears throat> Yeah, yeah, it's fun. It's fun. Yeah. And, and it, I remember like I would go through these magic kits as a kid and they were half of them were just crap, you know, like there's like a good trick or two, but then everything else is like, yeah, it doesn't work or falls apart or the instructions are very confusing. So try, try to improve upon that a little bit if I could. Yeah, no, man, it's good that you're kind of sharing uh, some positive vibes and the proceeds to that, like you said, they go to to help the cause. Go to direct, yeah, directrelief.org is a really great organization that kind of helps uh, healthcare workers and kind of on the front lines and and then also endalz.org, which is an Alzheimer's charity because the Alzheimer's community has been hit really hard um, uh, during the pandemic. So it just feels good to do something because I feel like we all feel a little helpless, you know, it's like, Oh, everyone, you know, there's so many people who need help, but also don't, don't leave your house. Don't go do anything, you know? So you kind of feel conflicted. Yeah, definitely. And, and you're doing something, man. And it's, it's really good to see. And, and um, I look forward to seeing more people trying out the things that, that, that you have in there. Cause there's quite a few tricks. It's quite a varied amount of things, isn't it? It's not it's just a like varied amount countries. of tricks. Exactly. A little bit of everything. That's good, nice. good little starter pack. That's good to hear, man. Um, what other tech have you been using in lockdown? Well, let's see. <clears throat> Let me think of my, my toys and gadgets here. I've, I've been on, in the market for an electric bike lately uh, because I like kind of putting my son in the, in the, little, in the little cab in the back of the thing and riding around, but it's exhausting because he's yeah. heavy. So, so I'm trying to find an electric bike, but I haven't uh, dove into that yet. Let's see. What other fun tech do I use? I mean, I'm... Um, we tried to like gradually make the home a little smart home, you know, so you can kind of control stuff, control the fountain on the phone and control the lights and all that. And I nerd out on that quite a bit. Uh, I did just get one of those uh, electric massage guns. You know what I'm talking about? Yes. So that's hurt me quite a bit. It's not helped. <laughs> I'm in pain. Like it's like a, it's basically a hammering, like it's, it's a power tool but they yeah. put a rubber tip on it and call it a massage gun, but they don't really warn you that you yeah. need a professional. It looks like so a violent sex toy. That's what it looks like. It looks Precisely. like Yes. Yes. And it does. It but, sounds like it's fucked you back up. <laughs> it has. Maybe it's the posture of which I'm sitting right now. I, I mean, that. but the tech I'm using the most is, I mean, you know, I'd never used zoom before the, the pandemic here. So being yeah. able to like have conversations with people on the other side of the world and to come up with ways to do magic within this, box is kind of exciting i, I in, in in creating magic for humans we would come up with a theme for an episode and write ideas within that theme and those limitations 
inspire great creativity as opposed to just giving yourself a blank page, you know? It's hard to say, oh, you could do anything. What do you want to do? It's like, I don't know. What? Yeah. I don't know. Fly, you know? But if you say you could do something within this box, you kind of come up with clever ideas. Do you think, and I'm, you know, God willing that we do, you know, we're all able to return to an environment where we can enjoy your live show, but do you think that magic and this format, you know, kind of small screen or, or mobile vertical video, do you think that's where magic's going to have to kind of grow into if you want to be known as a well-rounded magician? Mm. I mean, I think it's, uh, it's definitely now a key part of our arsenal. Like, I feel like, you know, I, live shows will return. It, it probably won't be the same for a little while because magic is really uh, interactive. I want to borrow your bill or your phone or whatever. So those, those things I think will have, will have PTSD for a little while whenever the touching happens and audience members will have to kind of, kind of have to come up with a way to put them at ease. But I think, yeah, if you, you've got to be able to do, to be able to connect with people like this, you know, it's not going to be going to be the only thing, but I think it's a, it's a nice extra layer to, to add in. And it's, you know, it's not better than the real thing, you know, but it is, um, it, it makes people it can make people feel the same feelings that they feel in a live show. Yeah. So that's nice. Yeah. Cool. And what can we look forward to from your live shows? Because, you know, if, if you're ever over in the UK, when this all blows over, then I'm, I'm coming down to it, but what can we expect? I can't wait to come to the UK I mean, and I'm long overdue for a UK tour. And I've got a bunch of great magician friends over there. And, uh, and I feel like you guys, uh, I, uh, something about the UK sensibility, like the, the things that I have, English fans, you know, message me about it. it's like, oh man, yeah, they get it. This is this is they're on point. Um, I try to take some of the things that people see in the on the TV show that are like, there's no way that's real or could happen in person. I try to get those into the live show just so, it, you know, my tour is called the Magic in Real Life Tour, and I think the 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 the, um, the kind of the paradox with magic is that on TV is that you, you know, you can connect with a wide audience, but also the fact that it's on TV lets them come up with a way to disconnect, you know, like they're like, if I was there, it would be incredible. I, I believe it if I was there, well, in a live show, you can be there. So I try to feed you those, uh, feed you those things and kind of quench the appetite of the skeptics. And, um, you know, like I'm, I'm very inspired by, you know, obviously my favorite comedians, I try to have a show that is, that is, you know, funny and real and different every night. But then, you know, like Darren Brown is a, is a, is a big hero of mine, a, a show that kind of is about, you know, with it, with an intellectual bent and, uh, and, you know, that I could listen to him read the phone book, you know, like he's, he's, he's so fascinating. So I, I kind of like to have a show that leaves people um, just really thinking about, like I, a couple of my bits near the end of the show, I try to really have like the last three bits be a closer, you know, like that's gotta be the end of the show. That's crazy. Wait, there's another one. Boom, boom, boom. Just cause I, just like a good rock concert. I kind of want to, I, I, I'm obsessed with um, making people leave um, feeling like really they got their money's worth. You know, I kind of, uh, it might just be the insecure magician comedian you know who's kind of always focused on that one person who's not enjoying the show and you want to go overboard to impress them i kind of approach my live show that way i just really want to leave it all out there on the stage so i can't wait to come over there i hear that man and that sounds that's a really good uh, analogy actually because uh, i when i used to dj in the clubs there was that one person that you know you'd be smashing the club rocking the club and there'll be the one person with their arms crossed looking at you like is that it yeah 
And Who I think that's like all yeah. of us trying to impress our parent, you know, it just reminds <laughs> us of just or whoever it is like this. Yeah. You really, you focus on the one person not enjoying it, which is probably, you know, a psychiatrist could, could probably analyze that and say, it's not a good way to live your life, you know, but then I wouldn't become a magician. So exactly. Here I am. Exactly. Uh, very interestingly, you mentioned Darren Brown. He's obviously big over here. I wasn't aware how big he was over over your side of the water. So when I saw the invisible trick that you did in, in magic for humans, that, that kind of, I felt there was a Darren Brown touch in there as well. The mentalism touch in there. So that's really interesting to know that you're a fan of Darren. Cause uh, yeah, I'm a big, I've grown big up with fan him. of Darren. Yeah. I mean, it's, I mean, he's, I wouldn't say he's as obviously big over here as he is over there. I think the smart people over here know Darren Brown and get why he's great. Yeah. Um, and uh you know, I love that he's, I love that he's a household name in the UK. I feel that that's, it, it, it kind of reminds me why even more I need to get over there. Cause it's like, Oh, they, they actually do. It's a whole, it's a whole country of people who love good shit, good, smart yeah. stuff. And over here, it's kind of, you have to sometimes find that audience, but, uh, and he's so sweet. He is so sweet. Even after, after season one, the invisible thing came out, <clears throat> he tweeted about the show and, you know, we, we got together for coffee and he was just, you know, like, Oh man, we, We've been trying to do a some sort of invisible thing for a while. That was so funny. You nailed it. And uh, he's so kind and supportive. And but his live show is like nothing else. I don't know if you've ever seen Darren live. Yeah, I uh, see him my, twice in, in New York. It's yeah. amazing. My friend ended up getting up on stage and he did a bit of mentalism to kind of guess one of my friends a very specific scenario that had happened in his life, and he managed to break it down live on stage. So yeah, that kind of stuff wow. is is it's, it's fun to watch. You know, it's it's it's, it's fun uh, to watch. But he's just the most likable. Yeah. in the moment performer on stage that I'd ever seen. So it's, it, you know, lots of things to be inspired yeah. uh, by him for. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, um, yeah, that's, that's, that's really nice to know. That's quite a charming fact to know. Um, so yeah, right before I let you get out of here though, um, we've spoken about smoking a few times on this episode. Uh, yeah. You're also the only magician who I've also seen consume some alcoholic beverages. I've seen you imbibe quite a few. You mentioned it briefly in uh, Drunk History. Yes. Um, yes. Before we get into that story, though, are you really that much of a lightweight, bro? Or did you drink oh, a lot of alcohol? Because we can't oh, see for, what you drink. History, oh, in the drunk example. history. Yeah. Oh, man. Yeah. Which, oh, just to well, put you see, in the frame is where uh, people like Justin go and drink some beverages and they tell us something historical. In this case, it was something personal, right? Yeah. So, you know, my wife and I love that show. And this was not, you know, the actual show. This was our own self-produced thing we did for our wedding and then we did another one for the night uh, uh you know for our son's first birthday telling yeah. the story of when he was born and i think um I, I think when i'm out in real life you know i can i can hold my own because i eat food beforehand in real life and when you're when you're prepping for a shoot okay we're shooting the drunk history tonight and i'm kind of also producing this thing and running around i just tend to forget to like eat you know throw down a couple slices of pizza something and as you saw in that second one, I was passed out on the floor midway through. My wife, of course, remembers to eat something and also paces herself. So she's the hero and luckily carried the story through to the end. Uh, I need to work on my, uh, I need to work on my skills. Work on that pregame, the pregame drinking, the pregame. Pregame, yes. Yeah, or not pregaming. Maybe that was my problem is that I pregamed a little too much. She was smart. She waited till we started to, to start drinking. And I waited <laughs> till we started to finish drinking. Uh, that's a great thing that's also up there on youtube as well i believe on your youtube channel as well right yes yes yes, uh, yes. you can find that easily 
It's a very good watch. Leave it up there. Let your son watch it over the years as he grows a I year will. older. Yeah. I hope Make it a ceremony every single birthday. We're going we're gonna to play the video now on the old YouTube. Yeah. <laughs> What's YouTube? <laughs> What's that, Dad? Um, so, yeah, where would you like us to send our listeners to to find out everything they can about what you're up to? Well, I've got all my all all the best of Justin Wilman stuff at justinwilman.com. That's where you can buy the magic kit as well. But I try to keep uh, I try to keep active and uh, in touch with with uh, fans or uh, skeptics or haters. I, I try to keep in touch with everybody on the Instagram and the Twitter and the Facebook. So Instagram at Justin Wilman, Twitter at Justin underscore Wilman. I'm easy to find on Facebook. Everyone's easy to find now. Yeah, man. Well, I was I was doing some research in on Reddit because I was gonna like do a bit with you talking about skeptics, but it just got a bit like they're a bit mean. And I found some mm-hmm. Justin re- replies on Reddit as well. Is are you on Reddit as well mm-hmm. having conversations? Because that's a really I, interesting I, place. Yeah, I did. I did chime in and try to interact uh, after season one. Yeah, just because there's people you know trying so certain about you know uh, calling the show out or saying this is fake that I was like all right, well, I'm just going to chime in. Like, I feel like, yeah. I mean, obviously it's sometimes it's good to not engage, but if you have nothing to hide, it's kind of, I felt it's good to engage and let them know you're a real person and tell them the truth. So, um, yeah, I would, I would chime in. Sometimes it's a lose, lose, you know, like, cause people are just uh, hell bent on thinking. Yeah, that's all right. I can say a few dicks. It's all right. We can just put it out there. Assholes. Yeah. There's some dicks out there. Yeah. <laughs> But um, no, I, I find it fun to try and work out, you know, when you're doing magic. It's like, it's like I enjoy it, but I'm like, oh, maybe, or maybe. And I find that that's a cool part of it. I don't, some people sit there and get really angry, like, oh, he's tricking us. I'm like, that's, it's, it's meant to be fun. Enjoy it, you know. It's but, funny. It's like these days you're, you're talking about like how people have these BS detectors with uh, movies and special effects. It's kind of when it comes to magic, it's like sometimes depending on, the mindset of the if the person if they're if they're just bound to be a hater if if the if the magic is really really good and they don't understand how it worked then it must be fake that's what they think or if the magic is not really great and you can see how it works well then it sucks you know what i mean uh, as opposed to just thinking like hey you know we worked really hard to do this with an amazing magic team if you don't know how it works it doesn't mean it it just means that we did our job and we gave you a little bit of wonder and that's what it's all about. That is what magic is all about, man. And, and you've killed well more than an hour with us. And um, thank you for spending breakfast with yourself uh, over there in LA, man. And, and like, literally I can't wait for the next season already. And, and the great thing about magic for humans is that it's got a, a watch back factor in the meantime. Like I feel like I can go through and, you know, pick up on all the extra innuendos. Uh, but also, just, yeah, yeah, yeah. But watch you make uh, a child cry again. I mean, can pick that up, and also see naked people too. And as around all of that, there's magic and comedy, uh, which I've, I've really enjoyed. But all joking aside, I, try. I, I love it, man. And and please just just keep entertaining us, and and thank you for everything that you're doing because I think at this time more than ever, we need entertainers like you. Whilst it's very important that we're aware of of, of the severity of things that have gone on in this world. We also need to be entertained and we need to have breaks and we need to enjoy ourselves. So thank you for being one of those people that gives us some pure entertainment and it's, it's clean, lighthearted fun. Thank you. Well, it does that for me too. You know, I feel like, yeah, we, it's never good to be disconnected with whatever's going on in the world, obviously, it, because there's things that demand our attention, but nobody can be stressed and uh, freaking out about the world 24-7. So hopefully by providing a little bit of escapism, 
it makes people happy because it does make me happy as well. I think balance is important. Moderation. Everything in moderation. 100%. Moderation. Yes, yes. Uh, and also drinks before you um, do any filming. Uh, but <laughs> uh, but yeah, you can find us at How To Kill An Hour on social media. Uh, and I'm Marcus Bronzy, M-A-R-C-U-S-B-R-O-N-Z-Y. There's plenty of ways to kill some time out there. Thank you for killing some time with us. And thank you, Justin, for killing some time with us. Thank you for having me. This was a blast. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.